0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. Um, I'm your host, Yuma Barnett, and today our guest is Jennifer Hartung. Um, I've known Jennifer and her family for the past 10 plus years. Uh, Her husband and I have served in the 75th together at 175 and then again at 375. Um, I'd say we've been, my wife and my family and her family, we've been closer together uh, for about the last five years since we've been at Fort Benning together and uh, you know, I'm just really excited to have Jennifer on here today because I know she has some unique stories. She has a unique way of telling stories. And I know everybody out there in the Ranger community loves her. And everybody that listens to this or sees this afterward is gonna love her after this too. So I'll, I'll hand it over to Jen to introduce herself and give us her uh, her bio and then we'll get right into it.
1: Um, thank you for having me, Yuma. I appreciate it. We love your family. It's an honor to be here today. Um, Patrick and I both went to basic training at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri in January of 2003. We were there for the chemical branch, 74 Delta. We were gonna do OSIT, so it was basic and AIT together. And we met the first week of basic training on the confidence course. We were, um, it was super cold, I was freezing to death. We were getting ready to do a really tall ladder with a rope over a bunch of yucky, muddy water, come back down the other side. I was complaining, I don't want to do this, I'm going to get wet, I'm going to be cold. Patrick was behind me and heard me speaking and asked, where are you from? I told him I was from South Carolina and he said, you sound just like my family from West Virginia. He told me he was from California. We talked for just a few minutes. And then he said, "Um, do you want me to show you how to do this so that you don't fall in the water and get wet? And I said, sure. He showed me and then he went off to do the next obstacle, but we were together every opportunity after that. we Every chance we had, Patrick shined my boots. Patrick was incredibly helpful and motivating during basic training and AIT and um, no drama. Always together, just super easy from the very beginning. I actually thought Patrick was way older. Um, The very first time we got an overnight pass, we all go out to a bar, we're hanging out, everybody's drinking and I look over at Patrick and he has two black exes on his hands where he's only 18 and i had no idea and so i was like oh my gosh i'm falling in love with a dude who's only 18 and i was 22 at the time so um from the very beginning we've been inseparable um we've been at we started out at second battalion we were there for eight years then we traveled down to first battalion we were there for five years um patrick did the lno job at hrc for regiment and so we were at fort knox kentucky for two years and now we've been here for almost three years he was at the third battalion and then now we're at rstb we have four children we have a 14 year old a 10 year old a nine year old and a five year old and we live in harris county georgia
0: so i want to circle back on something that you said there so i don't think a lot of people know i know i didn't know that patrick didn't start his infantry career at Fort Benning, nope. like the rest, He was at, at Leonard Wood. Um, I just didn't know that. That so you're both in the chemical branch. Is that, was that was that right? We
1: were yes. So we were both in the chemical branch. And as soon as he got to Second Battalion, and they offered him the opportunity to switch over to Eleven Bravo, he took it. He was wasted no time whatsoever because he hated the chemical <laughs> branch with with good reason. Right. So.
0: Right. Well. Um, I think he made a right choice. Patrick's a phenomenal leader yeah. within the organization, and he has a very bright future still left in front of him within the seventy fifth. But uh, that's a that's a, a unique story. You know, a lot of people meet in the military, but I would say I've seen very few that have stuck it out the way, the way you have, and it just speaks as a testament to you and Patrick, and now, you know your your whole family. So your time, how much time did you spend in the Army? I, I spent four years in the Reserves. Okay. Okay. Four years in the Reserves. And so as a military spouse, how, how far into... Uh, did you get married to Patrick while you're still in the Reserves?
1: I did. Yeah. So we got married almost eight months after we met.
0: Okay. So. Oh, yeah. So you're um, cradle robbing the young yeah, absolutely. kids. And, <laughs> the, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then putting the ring on them so they know they can't get away from you. That's right. right. That okay. big the big E1 pay. Right. So So you've worn two hats, you've uh, a service member. And then again, still, I I call it a service member, you know, I think my wife's a service member too, even though she doesn't wear the uniform, she does just as much for the family as you know, I have done and and the country, but is in that unique way, you've done, you've been in the FRG, you're, you're an outspoken person in the Ranger community. Um, Do you think your time in service helped you in, in all that and how good you are with military spouses and, and just conveying everything that you know to them?
1: Um, absolutely. Um, it helped me have a better understanding of the rank structure, of the way um, acronyms, All I can speak all the acronym language with Patrick. Um, it helps me understand um, the way the regiment works, down to the battalion, down to the companies, down to the platoons, down to the squads. I understand every piece of that puzzle that goes together. So when he says, my first sergeant has asked me to do X, Y, and Z, I know that that was serious, especially as a little tabbed for I knew when first sergeant was asking him something that that was important so it definitely helped me have a greater understanding of the big picture of how he played into that Um, you meet a lot of spouses who when you say what does your husband do they're like I have no idea so I've always been able to say like my husband does this and this and I know exactly where he fit into the whole the whole big picture like I said so definitely I think it helped
0: I think that's, I know that's one thing. So we didn't know you guys very well when we were in Savannah together. It was, we were really busy as an organization. And it was, I didn't know platoon sergeants and other companies, you know, because I, I grew up in Alpha Company 175. We were just in such different paths during that time. But I definitely heard of Jen Hartung then. And then when I moved to Fort Benning, it all started to make sense. You, um, you have a passion that is unmatched, in my opinion, by any, especially enlisted you know nco spouse anytime we go to an event you know jennifer's in the room before you even see her because she's telling a story she's making the round she's making sure everybody's comfortable and you just i i really have always appreciated that about you and it's it's unique and it's what inspired me you know to be more active myself with kate and on my own frg when i was a company first sergeant so you and i think that kind of goes back to and i know it helped you when you were a service member it's just that unique perspective that you can give and i think per- perspective is a powerful word and by you being able to do that I, n- I know i've heard it i've seen it you are just such a help to the community and uh, you know that's one of the reasons we're have you on here today and the talk about a little bit about vulnerability and in that you can't be on the leading with vulnerability podcast if you don't tell me what your definition of vulnerability is
1: um I think the definition of vulnerability could be several different terms or directions. Um, Vulnerability could be walking around veterans at 12 o'clock at night without a firearm. Um, (laughs) Vulnerability.
0: Veterans Parkway. Veterans Parkway, (laughs) just so we're all
1: clear. (laughs) Um, Vulnerability could also be just admitting when you're wrong to someone and knowing that they may not reciprocate your feelings. Um, It could be sharing a story that's incredibly difficult recounting a moment that was hard for you, um, admitting to your spouse that you lost your temper, that you said things that were inappropriate. Um, As a parent, it could be um, raising children that are kind, humble, loving individuals by showing them stories or sharing with them stories where you've made mistakes in the past. Um, I think vulnerability can have several different directions that you could take it, just depending on the person you're speaking with, the area that you're at, the location you are. Um, so vulnerability just, it all depends on the person and the personality.
0: Yeah. So, um, you've been through numerous deployments with Pat. Um, what does, when you, when I say vulnerability and I ask you about your kids and those deployments, what does that mean to you?
1: Um, okay. So for the kids, especially as they've gotten older, now that we have a a child that's getting ready to be a freshman in high school, vulnerability for him is starting a new school in a new area, a new place, and not knowing a single person. So it's really hard as a parent to encourage him, you know, just keep putting yourself out there, especially to have a child that's quirky and different. And so we've tried to really encourage him to um, embrace his differences, that differences make the difference. So for him, he feels vulnerable all the time because he's not like all the other children. So as a parent, you feel like you're constantly encouraging him to make good choices, So as a parent, vulnerability is just knowing that your children's hearts are going to be breaking a lot, especially as dad misses holidays, he misses birthdays, he misses anniversaries, he misses all the fun things, he misses the last day of school, he misses the first day of school. So just learning, though, as a parent, especially as the mother and the person that carries everything forward, you got to make it fun, you've got to figure out ways that you can constantly be including them in something fun, different, and you set the tone for how your life will live. So how your children how your children will do in any situation all depends off the vibe and the energy you're giving to them at any given moment. So if I wake up in the morning and I'm poopy, my kids are probably going to be pretty poopy too. So I've got to set the tone for how our family lives.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Uh, uh, You know, and kids aren't always vulnerable, but as a parent, There's those moments, those moments when you know that they need, they are vulnerable and they do expose themselves. And I've shared some stuff with, you know, Jackson in particular, where, you know, he said, I'm done with you deploying and I don't want to move schools again. And I know that was hard for him and it's just I think it's important for us as parents to make sure we recognize it mm. and not only recognize it, address it mm. when when they, when, they're, when they have the courage at their age to come out and, and ask for help, maybe even indirectly, which I knew that was what Jackson was doing at that time. And that I think vulnerability in kids in the military is a whole podcast within itself, I right? Heard. But that's a good take on it. And then there's the other side of the marriage and the last twenty years and how busy we've been in as organization and then as a nation. What does it mean? What does vulnerability mean? Has it in your marriage during this last, you know, 20 years?
1: I mean, well, every time you say goodbye, you're that's a vulnerability. You know, you know that you're you're saying goodbye to a piece of your entire being, the person who is my he is my person. So every time he leaves, that's a piece of vulnerability that I'm just leaving out there hanging, praying that the good Lord will bring him home again. So in your marriage, vulnerability is, in this lifestyle, is dramatically different than for for someone who's not in the military. So for us, we're vulnerable on several different occasions when you're jumping out of an airplane. when training now, we see training accidents all the time. So it's really not even being able to catch your breath a lot of times because the pace, like you said, has just been so fast for the past 18 years that it's constantly you feel like you're standing on the edge of a cliff looking over and hoping that you don't fall so um in our marriage i've really tried to just make sure he knows i love him love him every single day like he's deploying tomorrow um and then just make sure i just like i said i just constantly pray for his well-being for his safety for the his leadership and the people that he's working with his battle buddies so to speak i mean your leadership can make or break an entire deployment for you so we've been incredibly blessed to have phenomenal leaders who really set the tone for the way that we would be leaders as a couple and the way that he would be a leader. And so we've tried to just replicate a lot of the things that they did right. And so vulnerability, you're, when you're in a leadership capacity, you have a lot of guys that you're responsible for. And that carries a lot of weight for him. And he takes it really seriously. And I take it seriously as a spouse to make sure that I'm all the wives know what they need to know and we're all on the same page. So just making sure everyone's... Everyone's good. Everyone's well.
0: You said something there that struck me. Um, you said, um, love him every day like he's deploying. Yep. That's beautiful. It is. Oof. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> all right? But <clears throat> it's true. And then not speaking for Pat, but from the perspective of the service member, it is hard saying bye it all is. the time. Especially when you know when it's coming. Like, you know, you have a, a finite finite amount of time to make connections and relationships with your kids and your spouse and you have to make sacrifices to make sure the company or the team or the platoon is also getting taken care of so it's hard it's a hard it's been a hard 18 20 years you know in some cases but it's because of um, vulnerability i believe communication and i want you to expound on something that you said there your faith Mm -hmm. i think your faith really comes through in what you said and how has that helped you so
1: i mean if i'm being completely honest for the first probably eight years of our relationship. We didn't have a church home. We, we really weren't actively involved in growing with our faith. So once we got to 175, we attended a phenomenal church. Um, that really changed our entire perspective. So instead of constantly focusing on what I wanted and Patrick focusing on what he wanted, we had a common goal of striving towards a, a goal together. So our faith has just really deepened our relationship. With our children, with each other, it's helped us to, um, like I said, shift our focus more to making sure that we're aligned. Um, we're like a triangle. I often use for especially new couples. I use the analogy that we're like a triangle. So Pat's one corner, I'm another corner, and, and God is the point. And the closer we work to being um, like Jesus, like God, you know, striving to better understand Him, the closer we're going to get to each other. So our faith has definitely had a huge impact on how um, i reciprocate deployments um, my attitude after i got involved with the church it shifted from focusing on counting down those days and every single day was difficult to how can i make today the best day that i can make it how can i find what brings me joy because pat's not here i can't pick a movie based off what pat likes to watch because pat's not around what I want to watch on TV. I have to figure out what I enjoy. What do I want for dinner? Pat's not around. What do I, where, when I go out to eat, where do I want to go out to eat? Pat's not around. So again, I have to find what brings me joy without him. As much as he is a piece of who I am, he's gone so much that if I can't bring myself joy, if I can't find what makes me tick, he's not going to be able to do that for me either.
0: Right. Right. I think, so Kate and I have often talked about this and you mentioned it there. Um, through all the you know the military families that we've counseled or you know talked to or given advice to over the years i think that's one thing we always kind of go back to is you got to be your own person mm-hmm. when your husband's deployed you have to find hobbies and things to do that keep you busy so that your mind's not always you know going toward the dark places mm-hmm. and always wondering you know are am i, I going to get that phone call am i going to get that knock at the door uh, and and just you know being you for yourself and for your kids because you're setting you're now setting the example there so all amazing stuff and then on the faith thing it's faith in in the military is is hard mm-hmm. it really is because there's so much change there's you know the pcs's the deployments the change in the chaplains when you start to really feel for one and we as rangers we're not you know we're not the vulnerable type we don't like to be so when we build a relationship with a you know a religious leader it's hard to change again and it's hard to find those church homes and stuff and i, I think it's just important that that's i love the triangle m- method or thought there cuz it's it's true and um you got to have something in the spiritual side whether it's going to church or something to help you in that emotional intelligence and your well, and your whole well-being well speaking
1: there. about the chaplains some of the best advice we ever received was Make friends with your chaplain and their family. There's no one else in our organization that cares. Oh, I, I say no one else, but the chaplain probably cares about you and your well-being just about more than anyone else. Right. Um, every chaplain that we've met has been spectacular. They ask very thoughtful, sincere questions about how are your family? How are your children? When you they know you're going through a hard time, like my father passing away. The the chaplains genuinely cared and they genuinely reached out with support and sincerity. So I would highly encourage everyone get to know your chaplains, get to know their families. They are phenomenal people and they always have your best interest at heart, yeah.
0: truly. And I think often they're under, under underutilized. Absolutely. Right? They can do so much more than just, you know, faith-based counsel. They Absolutely. can just be there another person to talk to. Agreed. So um, so all that around vulnerability. Um, you are in charge of, I don't know, is in charge the right word for care team? It's in charge. Okay, yes. in charge. <laughs> I like it. there's the army part of her coming out. She's in charge. But I'd like, I don't know a lot about care team. you right, or what it does, or what you do, and how it works, and how people can leverage it. If you could just share a little bit about it, your experience there.
1: Okay, so the care team is a small group of three to five individuals that would assist a family. In a crisis, so a ranger that is killed, a ranger that is very seriously injured, um, the death of a child, uh, a cancer diagnosis, anything that is classified as a traumatic experience or um, something that's going to add a hardship to your family, so the care team would come in. We could provide meals. We could help with long care. We could help with pet care. We could help with child care. We could just do daily tasks to try to help that family move on as normal as possible. I mean, especially in the case of if a ranger is killed, especially in a training accident or anything, um, we are, that's our primary objective. We're really trying to have a broader mindset now. We're trying to shift it to not just being a ranger casualty team, but more everything that a, family, a ranger family could need. So we really just try to assist them in those really tough times. Um, we have several organizations that, if there's an emergency and you need flight arrangements, you need a rental car, you need a hotel, you need your best friend to come here to be with you because you've had an emergency. We have some phenomenal organizations that step up to the plate repeatedly and pay for those types of things. So it's just an organization, a group within Ranger Regiment. Each company has their, or each battalion has their own group of ladies that just assists when there's an emergency.
0: That's how long have you been part of this?
1: Okay, so it was not called the care team when I was out at 275, but I did do a lot of bereavement type things out at 275, and then I got the extreme honor of working with Katie Peebley. I know you know the oh, Peebleys. Yes. absolutely. Um, at 175 and getting to hear, getting to hear Colleen Katzenberger's story. Um, I jumped into care team there officially at 175 with Katie, and then at 375 I was the care team. The proper term is coordinator. I was a care team coordinator for 375 and then I'm now the care team coordinator for RSTB.
0: Um, so I wanted to jump to the care team a little bit just to get away from some of the, you know, sort of re center myself. And so I'm not, um, crying and stuff over here when we're talking about the vulnerability and our family and our kids and all that stuff. But uh, let's go back to it a little bit. So what, what's been your hardest day as a military spouse?
1: Okay, so I I actually have two days that I would say are pretty...
0: I think we can give you two days. Two two days, okay. With all the time you've spent. It's actually
1: two time periods. (laughs) It's not necessarily a day. Um, So the first would be in April of 2008. Patrick was in Iraq. Our son had just turned a year old, and Patrick called me to tell me that he had um, been blown up. He came face-to-face with a suicide bomber and um he had received injuries to his left arm and to his right leg and he was being medically evacuated um it was a really difficult time patrick was in the middle of what he called a super fun deployment so getting sent home for him was incredibly challenging Um, he knew he knew that everybody was doing some really fun (laughs) what he calls fun things
0: fun for a ranger is not fun for the yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly
1: it was terrifying for me to know that he was doing these things so he um got sent home his injuries to the outside did not look that severe but he severed the tendon that create that functions his left thumb so never ask patrick to change a light bulb okay. i mean like because when he changes hands like he generally drops the light bulb but thankfully it wasn't so severe that he was unable to continue um but it was a really challenging time for him he knew that his um, platoon was doing some really difficult things he knew their schedule for the next two weeks so he knew there was some dangerous stuff happening so he wanted to stay at work all the time so that he was available so they could call as soon as they were done with things and be like we did it we crushed it so um it was really difficult that time period was and unfortunately the very next year he went back to the exact same place oh, yeah. so i had to say goodbye to him with um, now our two-year-old knowing he was going exactly back where he had been injured so that full year for us was really really challenging um then our my second what i would say hardest time period as a ranger wife was in um march of 2010 um i assisted cassandra clarkson her husband was joel clarkson i assisted her when she got the notification that joel had been fatally shot um they were able to keep him alive to get him to germany and we just got her ready got her her son at the time was seven eight months old orion Um, we helped her get prepared to go be with joel and say her goodbyes Um, I was with her when um, Joel's family flew in from Alaska and I was able to see Joel's mother who was equally heartbroken and his wife come together for the first time since they both got the news that Joel was not going to survive. And it was beautiful because his mother loved her so much and was so kind and genuine in the way she spoke to her. And it was a beautiful relationship. Um, Cassandra has since passed away of cancer. And so Orion has lost both of his parents at, Oh, wow. unfortunately a very young age and joel's mother is doing a wonderful job of making sure he gets everything that he needs so just that that whole time period was shaped my entire perspective on gold star families on children on bereavement in general they li- literally set the tone for me on how to care for people after that
0: so the um, amazing stories both of them uh, and that the one where you pat got hurt and then has to go back that's not a unique story that's no. happened to Mm-mm. many ranger families where they have to the ranger is usually excited to get back mm-hmm. to where he was while the spouse is hoping that the next phone call isn't the more serious one of the two so it's it's, it's it's hard how old were the kids Your oldest oh, so two?
1: it was only colin yeah. so he was all I had he was he was a year old when pat was injured and then he was two when he went
0: back okay so he wasn't really like Cognitively didn't injured, understand. understand. No, but
1: I did. I mean, obviously, looking at your child, knowing that you're yeah. you're sending their father back into where they had currently been injured was incredibly difficult. So our marriage struggled a lot just trying to make sure we communicated the way that we were feeling adequately.
0: Okay. And then on the other side, the Gold Star families, I mean, um, I don't know how to explain the importance of the gold star family to the organization, to me personally. So I'm going to let you try to explain Um, the gold star family, just what it is and how
1: a gold star family is anyone who has lost a service member in combat. So um, it's a mother, it's a wife, it's a brother, it's a sister. Um, I know some phenomenal people who um, they have lost their loved one in combat and they continue to come and be a part of the organization and they, are, uh, they continue to speak their name, they continue to share stories, they continue to share how much they adored them. Um, being a part of the Clarkson family and knowing their history and a lot about Joel and seeing his mother share pictures of him from when he was a little boy and things like that has really reminded me that life is just so precious and that yes. these Gold Star families give so much every day. So um, she says every single day it's like losing him all over again, yeah. and I can't imagine losing your ch- your only son. Right. So um, these Gold Star families are just people who are spectacular in any capacity. So. Yeah.
0: I think we both can agree that uh, as parents, you definitely don't want to, you don't want to outlive your kids. Agreed. Right? No. So I can imagine that, and it's you know things are fortuitous i actually was messaging uh matt commons's mom Mm. this morning asking how she was and how she's doing because they're just there's just such an important part of our lives that sometimes we get caught up in the tyrannia now and we forget to check in on them and see how they're doing but we got to remember that they got a every there's a there's a mark on a calendar every year that is really hard for them and it's not just hard for the 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 rangers that were there and uh, it's hard for them too and they don't always have the rangers to the left and right to rely on to it so we got to remember to check back in on our families in that in that Agreed. capacity so um all great stories hard stories to get through we'll transition here a little bit and talk about the family dynamic and you know you and pat have been together how long you've been married now
1: um 17 years will be 18 in october
0: okay and i just was curious over that time what difficulties have you had in your marriage that you've had to come over? What What was the main thing, the one takeaway that makes a marriage successful through time?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I, was like, I would say expectation management is one thing that Pat and I work really hard on. So if I think Pat's going to be home for dinner, and as soon as he knows he's not going to be home for dinner, he lets me know. Because nothing is worse as all your children are sitting there, your wife is sitting there. You made this delicious meal, his favorite, meatloaf, and then he never even shows up. And especially now, because the guys can't take their phones into work. Yeah. So, like, you're calling, you're texting, I, like, you're waiting, 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 waiting. And it, it, so, as soon, now Pat knows that if I'm not going to be home for dinner, I need to let Jennifer know ASAP. So, back in the day, that wasn't the case. I mean, he just didn't see the urgency in it, he didn't see that big of a deal. So, we really worked on expectation management, is what we call it. <laughs> Um, communication is constantly evolving, especially as your children get older. And I hear so many ladies saying how difficult it is because your children are young and they're not sleeping and they're in diapers and whatnot. But let me say teenagers are rough and, um, we're starting high school. That whole transition is a different kind of difficult. So just communicating about discipline. I mean, I'm the lead disciplinary because Patrick's never around. So those types of conversations now are hard. But for our marriage in particular, um, again, our faith, our faith has really driven a lot of who we are and um the way we communicate now, the way we speak to each other, the way we, we speak to our children. Um, expectation management, communication, never being afraid that if you feel like life is getting too difficult, even for yourself, it might not just be your marriage, it might just be for you. Seek professional help. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of the best choices I ever made was seeking professional help for myself. had nothing to do with Patrick. It had all everything to do with me. And once I saw that professional help and outside party that was like, you're not crazy. That's you make complete sense. Those feelings are rational. It really helped piece a lot of who I was as a person together better.
0: Right. I agree. So I think you mentioned something there that uh, is very important and overlooked especially from the ranger side is that seeking of professional help and uh you know as an organization we're trying to change some of the stigma around that i know that one of the best things i ever did in my life was when i you know took the armor off and actually went and had honest conversations with the with the mental health providers within the organization because i was just so scared of the stigma and what everybody would think but it has helped me immensely. It's helped me understand me. It's helped me understand my family dynamic more. It's, you know, like I say, it's no different than going to the gym and getting one of the trainers to help you with a program. You train your, you gotta train your mind just like you train your body. And I just think we often overlook that aspect on our side, and it, it's beneficial to the family unit, to the service member, to the spouse, to to the kids. It, it it really benefits everybody. So I encourage everybody. If you haven't done it, go have those candid conversations with the professional. That's why they're there. They're there to help you. The stigma is gone. Just get over yourself and, and go do That's it. Right. Is what I would say to it. Um. So through your marriage, what uh, if you could look back, right, and talk to the twenty one-year-old Jennifer at that obstacle course what would you what advice would you give her
1: um, I was really hard on myself when I was younger um, I'm different I'm loud and I'm out there and I'm a lot for some people and I, I recognize that but I was really hard on myself so um, I would encourage anyone just to be take it easy on yourself it's not that big of a deal we shouldn't take life so seriously yeah. um, learn to laugh as much as possible. Um, Learning to laugh at myself has been incredibly liberating because it's shown my children that you can be different and you can be unique without being fearful. And so um, at 21, 22, I was still really worried about what everybody else thought. And as most 21-year-olds are. So I would tell 21-year-old Jennifer, just who cares, just be yourself. Still be respectful, still know your place, but be yourself. Um, I would also say um, to be a better listener. I I talk a lot. So I've really had to work hard on my listening skills. And I I say that because I want to be a good friend. Um, I know now the value of good friendships, especially as I've gotten older. And so I really, really try very hard to be a good listener to the people I care about. So, twenty-one-year-old Jennifer didn't do that. Gen- right. I would have just talked, talk, 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 and not even listened to anyone else. So, I would have encouraged her to be a better listener, to not be so hard on herself, and just—we had a lot of fun. I have no regrets. <laughs> Pat and I had so much fun when we were younger. So, that's really the only thing that I could say to myself.
0: I think that's uh, that's amazing, and you're right. It's. Uh, Sometimes we all, I think, sometimes take ourselves a little bit too seriously Agreed. or just get caught up and don't uh, don't stop and smell the roses and and enjoy the moment and be intentional about what we're doing. And Agreed. when we do that, you know, um, I, I would tell my 19, 21-year-old self the, the same things if I could go back. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 But um, even with that, I think, you know, you have an amazing family. Thank you. You have amazing kids. You set, you and Pat are, in my you're the gold standard for the ranger community and i hope you have the most success and luck and everything that you guys deserve going forward but i still i think we need to cover one thing about when you met pat you were wearing something that i mean this is true love if you can you know you know get past some of the army clothing that you wear in the wintertime and i think we'll have the kate throw it over here and have you put it on so everybody can see you know what pat saw the first time in that line about to go over that obstacle
1: really quickly um it was cold it was very very cold we had not slept they were letting us eat like for three minutes at every meal um it was it was it was very cold um this is all Patrick saw of me um now looking back we find it absolutely hilarious because all he could see was this and hear my little accent i don't think i have an
0: accent do you think i have an accent Uh, Sometimes you have an accent, like when it's Saturday and we know Clemson's going to play. You got all the purple, you got all the purple in Columbus on, and you know Trevor Lawrence is going to go out there and crush. Which I hope you can get over him leaving. I'm uh, good. good. Yeah, I can see it every once in a while.
1: Yeah. Well, recently we were with a family, um, an Australian family. And they said where are you from you're the only i can't do australian
0: you can try that no
1: no no, i can't i can't okay and they said where are you from you're the only person here with an accent and i was like "Mm, no mate you're here (laughs) (laughs) but here's what i was wearing (laughs) just for you yuma i know this is spectacular right (laughs) i was wearing this
0: uh, that's good. If all the influencer girls in the world could see that now they would, they would have they would hop on that bandwagon. wagon. But Jennifer, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy and coming here, um, talking about vulnerability, putting on that hat. It's hard to take her seriously vulnerability right, right here, right, right. But, uh, yep. amazing stories, amazing family. I just appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for leading with vulnerability.